0: And welcome to another edition of The Bachelor News Radio Show. We thank you so very much for joining us. Uh, You could be doing anything else, you decided to check in with us. We certainly appreciate that uh, this moment. Um, If you're listening and watching on YouTube at LA Bachelor, we uh, invite you to subscribe there. Um, Big shout out to uh, Big Mind Entertainment. Um, You can watch the rebroadcast Big Mind Entertainment app. You download it and you can watch it on, on um, Firestick and Roku. Um, of course, WCOM in Chapel Hill, iTunes, TuneIn, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. We're all over the place. Uh, and if you miss any part of it, you want to just listen to the audio side. Uh, you certainly can go to our website, thebachelornews.airtime. I want to bring in my guest. Always good to have her on. She is the host. Let me backtrack. She is one of the elders in uh, a church that we have on all the time, the Life Cafe broadcast in Greensboro, North Carolina. But she's also the host of the Spoken Word show that airs on our website uh, at 930 Eastern Time on Saturday mornings. Uh, she is uh, Elder Janelle Strickland, and and Janelle, is always good to have you all, good, good to see you, and um, uh, I'm glad that you uh, decided to be a part of this show today. Okay, you need to, let's get your volume, let's get you muted, your, turn your mic on there. We can see you talking, but we can't hear you. Okay, so what we need to do, because we're your mic is on here on my end. So I don't know why. Let's do this. What I need you to do, I'm going to take you out. You come back in, um, and hopefully uh, your mic will be working then. So we'll get her back um, on the line in, in, in just a bit. Um, unique story and testimony that she'll talk about Uh, With so many people going through things, not just COVID, but also uh, she has been through a lot of different, let's say, challenges. Um, And so her testimony is worth sharing uh, just to be inspirational. Let's see if we got you back on. Can you hear us better now? Can you hear me? There we go. So you had to go (laughs) in, go out, come back in. Now you're back Um, but we appreciate it. First of all, happy belated birthday again. Thank you. You you don't have to tell your age, but I know
1: it's Um, okay.
0: (laughs) Yep, 52 years young, right? Yes, Uh, so uh, happy birthday, uh, there. But as I was saying to the audience, you know, one of the things people need, especially not just in COVID, but just people that are going through, um, you know, illnesses and things. Uh, is to hear testimonies that are testimonies of encouragement that you could overcome um so I wanted you to share your story I mean just the, the fact that I mean let's be real that um, breast cancer other cancer uh, you're dealing with uh, you I think you've had if I'm not uh, four strokes uh lupus a heart attack I mean heart transplant how do how does one go through all that. I know your faith, but you know, <laughs> faith gotta be a little shaken sometimes when you're going through all that. Talk about your journey and, and and how you get through all of those things.
1: Well, the first thing is, um, my relationship with the Lord. That is the foundation of my faith. And that is what has got me through every diagnosis that you've mentioned. Um, It is not an easy task to navigate multiple diagnoses at one time. I was told in one year, 35 times that I was going to die. And believing God's word and having a solid relationship with him is what I pulled on when they said that I was going to die. I said, but the Bible says... I shall live and declare the works of the Lord. When they told me that cancer was going to take me out, God had already sent a word of prophecy that said I was never going to die of any cancer. And I pulled on that word of God and attached my faith to it, took it literally and continued to remind God of what he said in his word concerning my healing, because he can't lie and his word is not going to come back void. So I'm going to speak to him what he said to me which he has to honor.
0: It it's it's one thing to to um believe that and even trust that. Um but you also have, you know, family, friends, some people I, I won't want to say negative, but some people have a doom and gloom type of mentality when they're talking to you. And, you know, they may say they're praying for you, but they they have this way of the, the way they relay it to you. If you fall into that pit of negativity or or you fall in that, um, it can be, you know, really hard. So have, did you
1: experience any of that? And, and how did you deal with that? At first, I, like many people, did not realize that I do not have to sit in a doctor's office and accept an assignment of an illness or diagnosis, that I actually have the opportunity to fight and to win. A lot of people go to the doctor and they posture themselves in a position of vulnerability. They are ready to accept every diagnosis that the doctor tells them. They're ready to accept the reality of death when the doctor says that they're going to die. Well, what I do when I go to the doctor's office is I'm here to get information so that I know how to pray and war against the assignment of the enemy instead of accepting the diagnosis. Now I know what Satan is trying to do, and I know how to war and win. For me, going to the doctor is not doom and gloom. It's time to create a war strategy. So when, when you
0: uh, was first diagnosed, um, I, I don't want to say how, do you, how did you feel, but was that your initial response, being a woman of faith, a strong faith, or did you have that? You know, okay, you know, let me take a step back, and 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 breathe on this. Um, the devil is alive, but you're still taking a step back to to understand what it is. And then once you once you you know grasp the situation, and you you felt like you're going to beat it. How much how much research? Because a lot of people, um, some people do it, some people rely on the doctors. How much research did you do, uh, let's say, uh, in, in the case of, of cancer?
1: When I first realized that I was being diagnosed um, with lupus, it was in 2012, and at that point, I didn't know what lupus was. I had no idea. I didn't know the scope of what, what it was going to cause in my life and all these 39 different diagnoses. It hit different then because my faith was not active like it is now. I did not have the track record of having the experience of the miracles at that time. So once I began to do my research and get educated and find out what systemic lupus is, what discord lupus is, and as time progressed, the lupus got so bad that it caused the congestive heart failure. It caused the rare blood disorder. It caused the arthritis and all the other diagnoses. When I began to research what it was and realize the depth and the breadth and the seriousness of the illness. And then my pastors taught me, okay, you're saying my lupus is acting up, which means that you are speaking in a possessive nature of a diagnosis that God doesn't intend for you to have. You can actually fight this. And I was like, well, how do I fight? Because at that time, I didn't even know fighting was an option. I just thought I was supposed to get sick and die. You know, they, they the old people have these cliches where you got to die from something. Well, no, you don't. But yeah. at that time, I did not have the reality and the knowledge that I can fight it and I can win against it. That miracle signs and wonders still happen. So initially... I was like, oh, my God, I've got this terrible thing. Oh, my God, I have cancer. What in the world is really going on? You know, why does God hate me? You know, I went through all the human emotions that are associated with terminal illnesses because everything that they have diagnosed me with at that time was terminal. There's no cure for lupus. There's no cure for congestive heart failure. Then as my pastors began to sit me down and get me in the word of God, and I began to see what the word says concerning God's will to heal me and his ability to heal me. And some people get it mixed up, and I'm just going to throw this in there. There's a difference between a healing and a miracle. The miracle is the instantaneous turnaround of the diagnosis. The healing is a process that is attached to the diagnosis that will bring you into a healthy state or even into a better state. Well, I didn't realize that a part of my healing process may include medication. It may include surgery. It may include a lifestyle change. I can't eat like I used to eat. When I began to do all of that research and find about all of these diagnoses and things that were going on, the research empowered me to connect what I now know about the diagnosis to what the word of God says and put in the work. A lot of people have faith, but they don't want to make any changes. And the Bible said, faith without works is dead. So if you don't do the work that the doctor's telling you, you are counteracting what they're trying to do to help you. In other words, you're killing yourself. It's a slow suicide. So when I realized after the initial shock, because a lot of people get caught in the shock of what they hear the doctors say, that they forget about the God that they serve and what the word of God says, about healing and they get the gloom and doom and the negativity and most of them are like me well how do i fight something that's going on with my body go to the one who made the body Hmm. he's the one that can make a change when a doctor tells you there's nothing else he can do god created your body and you have to start with a relationship with him so you can pull on his word and demand it to be manifest in here. And it can happen. You can still get miracles. You can still get healings. It still happens today. It's not just something that happened back in the Bible days.
0: If you're just joining us, uh, uh, we're uh, talking with Elder uh, Janelle Strickland, of course, host of the spoken word show that airs every Saturday morning. You can catch it this Saturday. The time of this broadcast, 9.30 a.m. on the Bachelor News. Uh, dot airtime.pro that's the website you can listen to it and, and she brings up a lot of topics we'll get into um that show and 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 what you can expect i, I just want to stay and kind of follow up though janelle on on the the doubt part not necessarily you doubting but you're you know you speaking to god saying why me you know how, how and when did you kind of get past that? Because a lot, that's, you know, some people say that's the enemy in your head um, or it's just, you know, that that doubt that can creep in because
1: we are still human beings. When did you get past all of that? Why me? I asked the Lord that. Um, it seemed like at one point in my life, it was literally hospital to hospital diagnosis after diagnosis if it wasn't one thing it was something else I start to feel good today from lupus but then tomorrow rheumatoid arthritis would kick in and I got so sick I prayed that prayer I was like Lord I haven't done anything wrong why do I have to go through this God why me Hmm. and I said God has to have a sense of humor because his response was why not you Mm. I've given you everything that you need to get through this. And then I had to say, well, God, what is it that I need that I'm missing? Because I don't understand why I got to be sick. God said, if I'm going to use you in an area of healing and deliverance and for you to teach other people who I am concerning miracles and healings in their body, they need to have the evidence of it to activate their faith to the level that they can receive their own healing and their own miracle." Now that you're a medically documented miracle and even the doctors can't explain what God has done, you are now the evidence that they need to see so that their faith, can reach a level of not accepting a diagnosis, but knowing that God has the willingness and the ability to heal and to do the work on their part to aid in that healing process by taking their medicine, changing you know, their lifestyle, eating habits, et cetera, because a lot of people want the miracle, but then they don't want to maintain it. All those things combined puts you in a place as a candidate for healing and a miracle, and God will use that as evidence to minister to so many other people. God has used me to heal people of cancer. God has used me to pray for people and the illness lift. I have gone into the hospital and somebody was on the deathbed and they were dying and God allowed me the honor and opportunity to, to speak to them and say, look, I've been where you are. Hmm. I know what this feels like, but I also know what it feels like To get up from a deathbed and walk out healed and whole. And if you're going to talk to someone about something... You want to be considered kind of sort of an expert in the area so that you can influence their faith to get to that level. If you've never been healed, you know that it can happen, but you don't have the evidence of it in your life. And being the manifestation of a word that says that he is the Lord that healeth me and I've been healed, I can speak from a place of experience. I know what it is to suffer. I also know what it is to be healed. I know what it is to receive a miracle. And now I can translate that to other people who want to know how do I get up from here.
0: You know, um it it, it seems as though I'm sure you you're you understand that a lot of people lean on the the understanding or the knowledge of the doctors, but uh, Janelle, you would say, where does the knowledge come from in the first place? So if you're going to rely on the knowledge of the doctor, then one should understand that the hands that are working on you and the medicines and all those different things, where does it come from? Talk about that, because I think people lose sight of that, whether it be lupus, which is no cure, the, the strokes, the four strokes you had. Uh, I mean, it. it they, we lean on... We don't lean on, we lean on our own understanding, but it's really the understanding we need to not lean on because that power comes from up above.
1: Yes. And one thing that we do, um, I've had probably 13 to 20 surgeries in the last four years. And even before I go in for surgeries, I pray for the physicians. I pray for the anesthesiologists. We pray that nobody touches me or my file that doesn't have a relationship with God. And that God would use them as a part of my healing and deliverance process. I always, before I go into anesthesia, I ask them, okay, before y'all put me under, can I pray? And I pray out loud. And I pray for them that God would use them to orchestrate the healing process that is going to happen in my body as a result of the procedure that they're doing. Mm. And I usually go out in the anesthesia praying for them and for a success. I said, I'm going to see y'all on the other side. God going to use every last one of y'all in this room to heal this body. I got more replacement parts than a little bit. People don't understand. I have implants in my eyes, an implant in my chest, um, a knee replacement, implants in my foot, all because lupus caused other conditions that impacted my bones and bone structure. And out of every single surgery that I have, my faith and my relationship with God is, God gave you an expertise in this modern medicine that he's going to use as a part of my healing process. And so I'm praying that as you work on this temple that houses him, that you're going to be used in a matter of excellence so that he can keep his word for healing his body.
0: Yeah, I, and I, I I, mean, all those surgeries in four years is, I mean, that's just is absolutely... Um, Incredible. So the the one thing I want to ask you before we get to your show is, what do you do? I know you do outreach, but is your outreach? I know you help homeless people. That's a whole different thing, and and we know the work you do in Greensboro. But um, do you go to hospitals with cancer patients and pe- what? What's your outreach based on the?
1: My outreach not only is your
0: testimony. Your testimony can uplift some people. So do you do all that outreach as well?
1: Yes, I am. A lot of people like to consider themselves a lupus advocate, where I'm an advocate of God who heals lupus. I'm not the face of lupus. I'm not the face of being sick. I'm not the face of congestive heart failure. I come to equip those individuals who want to latch hold to the word of God and receive healing and deliverance in the area of physical illness. I am the manifestation of what the word of God says. And my advocacy goes far beyond attending lupus events. I'm also a professional spoken word artist known as the princess of poetry. I use my artistry to tell my story, to inspire and uplift others. I also use it as an advocate to push people towards their purpose and their healing. I don't necessarily... Uh, want to address the diagnosis because it is based on the word of God that you don't have to stay there sick under a diagnosis. I'm here to pull you from diagnosis to a better lifestyle. I'm here to push you into your purpose. I'm here to let you know that you can live and declare the works of the Lord and that it's never too late for you to operate in that. I share those stories on my radio show. I share those stories on Facebook. I travel preaching, teaching, evangelizing, and giving a word for people who want to move from a place of ailment to a place of fulfillment and healing. My advocacy comes from the God factor, not just to make people comfortable with a diagnosis. I'm here to make you uncomfortable with a diagnosis and comfortable with your healing and your miracle. And it,
0: I guess I would assume uh, is, is, is essentially saying, too, that it's an opportunity for you to share, you know, the word and, and, and that type of thing in the midst of that. But if you presenting yourself with 20 surgeries and, you know, you're still here, then that has to be inspiring in itself. Speaking of which, spoken word. The Spoken Word Show, again, it airs on Saturdays at 9.30. I know you do it before then, but people, uh, I mean, just really uh, inspiring topics. I know you're in your COVID series. Talk about the show and, and talk about some upcoming shows.
1: Right now, the show is in the, pandemic, the Purpose in a Pandemic series. Um, I'm interviewing people who have launched into their purpose during the pandemic, who are operating the business during the pandemic and telling their stories during the pandemic. They have been impacted, but they are using the situation in a positive way. Um, the show sits down and talks to people about the reality of the hardship, but also the reality of the victories that they get in their lives and operating in their purpose. Um, the show does air every Saturday at 9.30 right here on the Bachelor News Radio Network. Well,
0: I, I'm i just appreciative of what you're doing and, of course, appreciative of the fact that you're actually doing the show. Um, you inspire me and I'm sure you inspire a, a ton of people and the people are watching here on Facebook and Twitter and, and all these other places, but God bless. Uh, again, happy belated birthday to you. Enjoy your <laughs> weekend. Be careful with, you know, here and in um in carolina you know i'm i'm a connecticut boy but armageddon (laughs) with the little snow and all that but anyway um Mm. (laughs) but enjoy you be careful and i will talk with you soon okay
1: thank you so much for the opportunity and have a wonderful
0: evening you do the same you be careful yes sir